It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 455 of Locked on Raptors for Thursday, January 24th. I am your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked on Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network with team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd going strong. We've got the Locked On NBA show. It's daily with a bunch of different hosts from across the network chipping in there. You've got Anthony Irwin, Adam Mares. You've got Jake Madison, John Corrales, David Locke. You've got weekly contributions from Ben Golliver and Sam Amick. So please make sure you're checking that podcast out for all of the big national stories and you can also check out the uh, individual shows for the biggest stories that are going on on around the league. If you are a uh, person like we are concerned about uh, Victor Oladipo and his impact on the Pacers, his his injuries impact on the Pacers, make sure you're checking out Locked On Pacers with Tony East and Adam Friedman, and uh, yeah, stuff like that. It's very depressing for you to you know, look up Locked On Pacers as a result of the Depot injury, but. Maybe that is uh, a way for you to find a new podcast you really like. And if you find a show on the network that you like and want to support, please find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you get your podcasts. It's super-duper helpful for algorithms and making us uh, look good and be appearing in the top 200 and making it more easy for people to just find the show, click on it, and subscribe and add the numbers or add to the numbers. So please uh, do that, and thank you if you've done it before, and thank you if you're going to do it in the future. And uh, that's the end of that. All right, on today's show, we're going to talk about the Raptors' 110-106 loss to the Indiana Pacers. And joining me is Vivek Jacob. What's going on, buddy? Not much. Just sort of semi-getting my day started after staying up for <laughs> Nadal and Sitsi class and going to sleep at 5.30 in the morning. That is, so. uh, that's wild. <laughs> I, during the Olympics, when they're in, like, Asia, I'll screw up my sleep schedule typically. Um, yeah. But to do it every year in January, that seems like quite the ordeal, and uh, I respect you very much for it. Uh, what's going on in the tennis? Is Raonic still in it? No, man. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, after getting that huge win over uh, Alexander Zverev, he lost to Lucas Puy, who is playing Djokovic tonight in the semis. So that mm. could have been a fun Raonic-Djokovic matchup, um, which especially after beating the fourth seed, you'd think he'd be able to put away... Uh, Lucas Puy, but no, Puy is uh, honestly having the tournament of his life. So, uh, 
we'll see if we can make things interesting against Djokovic. But I think at this stage, everyone's rooting for Djokovic and Nadal get as many of those mm-hmm. matchups before they're gone too. Feels like Federer is on his last leg. So um, I know what I'm rooting for. <laughs> so what you're saying is that uh, Milos Raonic played like Pui. Uh... Oh my. Uh, we'll move on to things that I am better at than dumb jokes. Uh, talking about basketball, I'm okay at that, I guess. Uh, Raptors, they lost to the Pacers 110-106. It was uh, marred, of course, by Victor Oladipo's injury. He went down in the second quarter, about four minutes left. I didn't really understand the mechanics of the injury when it happened. I was really confused by what had actually happened, and... Uh, I I was kind of shocked that it ended up being so bad. I guess on multiple looks, you you just kind of see it give out on him. Um, but originally, it looked like he just made like a dirty play against Pascal Siakam. Siakam looked pissed off. Of course, he is now uh, Oladipo is going to be out for the rest of the season. Woj tweeting out today that he has a ruptured quad tendon, and that's an injury that Tony Parker's had in the past. Charles Barkley had it. Apparently, it's a threat to athleticism and explosiveness and all that stuff. But here's hoping. Oladipo's young. He was like 10 years younger than Parker was when he had it, so here's hoping he can make a full recovery. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from the game last night, Vivek, aside from the injury, or maybe just including the injury? It's kind of hard to get around that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, just hope for the best for Oladipo. Um, this season, it's as bad as the news that you could hope for, but you hope that next season, at least, uh, that he's able to come back with explosiveness, everything that makes him such a special two-way player. Then um, you hope for the best there. But uh, outside of that, I would probably say that Thaddeus Young is a big problem. Oh, um, baby, I, yes, he is. <laughs> um, I, I thought it was interesting the way Raptors, uh, the Raptors started out the matchups, um, having Ibaka on Young and then Siakam on Miles Turner. Um I guess it, it works in the sense that you know that that's probably looking for the mismatch uh, where he can use his strength and post up and drop those little uh, hook shots. Um, so I guess that that kind of took that away early on. But I thought Nate McMillan did a good, good job of you know getting some screen set, getting him the right matchup, and then um, didn't really matter whether he was posting up on. Um, you know, Danny Green, uh, at the end of the game, we saw it was on Kyle Lowry that mm-hmm. he made essentially the game winner. Um, so, uh, yeah, Thad Young uh, is having an outstanding season. Um, and now I'm just looking at He had seven offensive rebounds, too. Uh, that's been a problem for the Raptors a little bit uh, over the course of the season. And so that's something that the Raptors have to be aware of if they were to see the Pacers in the playoffs. Yeah, the uh, the Pacers play so damn hard, man. That was a fun game to watch. Both teams were very much uh, engaged, I think, to the fullest level. The Raptors, of course, shot horribly. They were 12-39 uh, from deep. They, it seemed like they were much worse than 31% from three. I think they kind of got it back a little, bit the, a little bit at the end. But it was a, a rough offensive night, particularly in the first quarter and a half before the Raptors kind of got rolling um and you know second night of the back-to-back whatever it's just kind of the deal I I wasn't expecting anything you know amazing or anything like that but the Pacers man their defense is outstanding I like Thad Young is like I can't believe there was a time probably on this very podcast where I said the words Patrick Patterson is better than Thad Young and trading for Thad Young will be a downgrade uh what a dumb idiot that take that was like good (laughs) god and maybe he wasn't as good as he is now as he was when he was with Brooklyn, but, like, God, he is 
really, really good and fun, and he's a free agent this summer. The Pacers, man, I feel so bad for them because, like, Oladipo is obviously just sort of the crux of their entire offense, and without him, it gets really tricky. They're going to have a lot of trouble in the half court, I would think, and I love Thad Young. I love Miles Turner. I'm just not sure they're going to have enough juice to kind of keep this thing going here, but Thad Young, like, gave some, I guess, some encouragement last night to, to Pacers fans, like, hey, maybe uh, they, they can get by with him being their best player. Um, we can get into more of the sort of grand implications of the Pacers injury in the second segment, I think. Um, to, for some Raptors-focused things on this game, I thought, uh, what, I guess here's the, my main takeaway. Greg Monroe, dude, <laughs> um, done with that. And the Raptors really missed the Otis <laughs> in this game, I thought. You know, Greg Monroe... Eight minutes played last night. They just kind of gave up on it in the second half. The second quarter was rough. They were throwing Sabonis at him, and he couldn't do anything to stop him. Um, yeah. And it was a night where they really missed Chris Boucher, which is not a thing I thought I would say at the start of the year, but we're here now. Uh, Jonas cannot come back soon enough, I don't think. No. Um, yeah, and every time you see the Raptors sort of go up against um, not even, like, tonight it wasn't even necessarily a size factor. It was just that physicality, that intensity, um, and Monroe was just unable to keep up. You could see they, they just felt very comfortable um, going at him, whether it was at the rim, dragging him out um, on screens. So I think that's an area where JV obviously makes a big difference. Um, Chris Boucher, yeah, his ability to stretch out and defend the perimeter. And the one thing that really stood out to me with Boucher is his ability to stay vertical uh, when guys penetrate in mm. the paint, when he goes up, you know he's he, he's not even looking uh, for uh, the blocks, right? Like they just sort of come to him. He stays vertical, does the right things. Um, when he's coming weak side, maybe to help and get the block, he does a great job of that. But um, when people are going right at him, I think he does a really good job of staying vertical. Um, and you know maybe. Uh, it, 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 interestingly enough, getting the benefit of the call sometimes as well. Yeah, he's getting uh, the respect for doing it right. Um, mm. I know we saw plenty of Jacoperto <laughs> try to do the right thing and get called for foul after foul after foul, um, but that doesn't seem to be the case uh, as much with Boucher. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'd be perfectly fine with just rolling with Boucher and um, upgrading him to the third, third string big position instead of um, Monroe. It's tough because Monroe seems like a good enough guy. He's got those dreamy eyes. You know, he's a fan favorite of this podcast because of his dedication to hydration. And, uh, you know, he just seems like a nice dude to have on the team. But, man, he has... He's at moments here and there. Mm -hmm. The last couple games, though. Oof. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's been uh, real rough. Also, he can't hit a free throw to save his life. It's bizarre. He was one of four last night. I don't really understand that either. Um, Right. Yeah, just a... uh, a game in which they really, really missed Jonas, I thought. It's kind of funny, Boucher, the way you mentioned the way he plays defense. It's kind of like the best of both worlds that you wish you could have had from either Bebe or Jonas, right? Like, Bebe was so great at those out-of-position blocks where he'd come screaming back and, and swatted away, but he couldn't yeah. play straight-up defense to save his life without taking four fouls in two minutes. And then Jonas, like, he's just not really quick enough to really make those out-of-position blocks, although he doesn't really get out of position all that much because the, the defense is kind of designed for him not to, but uh, the verticality with him has always been very strong. So uh, Chris Boucher, Defensive Player of the Year, is what I'm saying there, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, a couple of the notes. Sorry, go ahead. Miles Turner played in the list. 
Miles Turner, man, that dude rules on defense. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, the late, late in the game, like, it felt like the Raptors, maybe if that game was, like, two minutes longer, the Raptors win it, just because it felt like the Pacers' offensive potency was kind of falling off a little bit. The Raptors were kind of right. finding their groove in the second half. Kyle was playing very well. That was nice to see. 20 points on 6-13, 3-7 from deep. Uh, it's two very good games from him in a row now, scoring-wise. Um, but, man, the defense the Pacers were playing late, the switching of Miles Turner onto, onto Lowry or small guys, or the way that they were sticking with Lowry and just sending two guys his way in the screen and roll and just not allowing any sort of wall or not any cracks in the wall to allow him to get a pass through to somebody. It was uh, right. really impressive stuff. It's kind of, kind of the stuff we've seen when the Raptors have really hit their nadirs in the playoffs, right? Where like those that extra attention just kind of swallows everything up and cuts off the offense at the head. Um, I don't expect that's going to be as much of a problem when Kawhi Leonard's available and all that stuff, but you saw it in that game, and it was the way Turner played played defense last night was outstanding. He, like the switching is uh, very notable, and he's obviously just like a monster around the rim as well. He had four blocks, and just kind of seemed like every time the Raptors had like a clear lane to the basket, oh shit, there's Miles Turner coming out to swat the ball away and uh, yeah. back to square one. So uh, really impressed with the Pacers, and maybe that's sort of a thing we can talk about, sort of their defense, and maybe that can nice be be a bit of a floor establisher for them to kind of keep them uh, afloat without Oladipo. But again, we'll get to that in a little bit. Other Raptors stuff in this one. Uh, Patrick McCaw. Not bad. 12 minutes. He didn't score. Only took one shot, but he had five boards, two assists. Uh, one assist, I believe, was on a... Was it Danny Green 3 or something like that? It was on a... Or it might yeah, have been yeah, a Baca. Yeah. Uh, but it was on a very uh, crucial bucket, that's for sure. Green didn't hit a three last night? No, he did hit a two. I'm reading the wrong uh, stat line. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it was uh, a nice little game for McCall. He was doing stuff. He was doing kind of like Kyle Lowry-ish stuff on defense where he was kind of playing free safety a little bit. He, he picked out a pass uh, for a steal at one point. He just kind of was making smart little heady plays. I, I, what did you think of McCaw? Yeah, I think the one thing uh, when you guys come onto a team that's like you just want to encourage them to go out there and play, they may not – ready to pick up all the plays and everything like that so in this situation where you may be looking to break free from that Pacers defense a little bit I thought he came gave you you know everything that's advertised the length the ability to switch and um, sort of wreak havoc a little bit and I thought he did a good job getting on the glass pushing the ball um, and like you said really looking to create some semi-transition for the Raptors which helped the offense a bit um, and with the shot, like I'm not too concerned. Like that's what you want to see out of a, a new guy who's trying to fight for minutes. You know, do all the other stuff and let uh, the offense sort of take care of itself when it comes. Um, and I thought he did a great job of that. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's at like he's not quite knocking on the door of the regular rotation yet when everyone's healthy. I don't think. But uh, yeah. if he's gonna do that, hey, like that's not the worst thing to have in your 13th or 14th guy. The Raptors continue yeah. to have lots of dudes. I wrote about this yesterday. Just sort of the problem they have with. You know, Kawhi and OG coming back against Houston on Friday. Jonas is going to come back eventually and supplant Monroe. But the rotation decisions, the minutes breakdown is going to be pretty tough, I think, for Nick Nurse to decipher. And it can't hurt to have McCaw, or maybe it can hurt to have McCaw throw his name in the ring for a little bit of extra run here and there. Um, If he's going to play defense the way he did, just so active and kind of pestering the way he was last night, it uh, it was nice to see. Uh, any other notes on the Raptors side of things from this one before we uh, move on? Um, I've, 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 just over the course of the season, I've been really impressed with Ibaka's consistency when 
uh, w- when he becomes sort of the second guy. Um, obviously, we sort of look at Siakam as that guy now, but I think Ibaka has been really good in a lot of games where Kawhi's been out and the chemistry that he and Lowry share um, has really helped the Raptors this season. You know, we can think about the big scoring games he's had against the Bucs, um, that game in L.A. where he went off, um, and again, 23-11. and 11, um probably missed a couple more mid-rangers than we're accustomed to seeing this season but uh yeah again i thought i thought he was really good on both ends yeah abaka has been awesome it's gotten to the point where i don't even think he's gonna miss whenever he takes a 17 footer at this point and like <laughs> it seems like defenses continue to be very okay with him taking that shot uh i kind of like that the raptors have kind of taken over this little market inefficiency where they're just kind of killing teams from mid-range it's kind of fun and abaka and leonard obviously the two big culprits for that uh, Lowry last night, little tiny thing. He hit a jumper from like 18 feet going to his left. He hasn't done that in a while. That was nice to see. Mm-hmm. He does that yeah, all the time, yeah. and it's great. Um, I thought Lowry was fucking killer last night. And the, the threes starting to fall, man. It's uh, as it turns out, Kyle Lowry was pretty good all along. And uh, I, I the, my biggest takeaway from this game, I think, was that I was just not upset about the loss at all. It was like a hard-fought <laughs> loss, second out of the back-to-back. Like, no Kawhi, no OG, no Jonas. They played their asses off. Norm had a nice game. I just could not be mad about the result of that one. And also, the Pacers probably needed it a lot more, and I felt bad for the Pacers by the end of it. But, um, I don't know, any sort of, like, sour taste in your mouth after that loss? Because I cannot think of a loss that I was less upset about. Uh, and I'm not generally upset about many losses, but... This one was especially easily uh, consumed. It just went down like a nice scotch. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. Like on the second night of a back-to-back, going into a tough building to get wins at, I'm not, I'm not displeased at all. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with a Kawhi. Uh, again, I think more than anything, you look to see if the effort and intensity is there. It seemed like uh, it seemed right from the jump that both teams were competing, fighting hard through screens. Um, and doing everything they could to get the win. So I don't think there's any reason to be uh, displeased. Nope, not at all. There is reason to be displeased if you're a Pacers fan this morning, obviously. We're going to get to the implications of that in just a second. But first, I want to remind people to check out the Locked On Podcast Network on Instagram and Twitter. On Twitter, it's great. You just follow one of the one of the accounts at Locked On NBA and enter at Locked On NFL Net, and you're going to get all of the hosts from the network retweeted in your feed. You don't have to go around and follow every single one. All of the important tweets that you want to see, the basketball-related ones on the, on the basketball side of things, the football-related ones on the NFL side of things, just going to be retweeted right into your feed, whether it's fresh podcasts, reactions to live breaking news, uh, uh, live tweets during games, all that stuff is going to be put right into your feed if you follow at LockedOnNBANet and at LockedOnNFLNet on Twitter. And then the same handles on Instagram. Follow those and you're getting little 30 to 60 second clips of the biggest stories of the day's podcast uh, right into your feed. It's a nice way to liven it up. There's a little video attached to it. Maybe you'll see a cool highlight or two. And uh, you get the condensed takery from whatever the host is of the show that is the big story of the day. I'm sure Locked On Pacers has a post on Instagram today. Um, and uh, we have them sometimes as well as two. So make sure you're checking out Locked On NBA Net and at Locked On NFL Net on Twitter and Instagram. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Grand implications of Victor Oladipo's injury. Number one, it sucks ass. It really, really blows. And the East just got that much less potent. The East All-Star team just got that much less fun and good. Uh, and it's it's just a bummer, man. It really, really sucks. I was just, like thinking a couple weeks ago, like an idiot, and maybe it's my fault. I was like, you know, there haven't been that many like superstar injuries this year. That's good. It feels like a good year for that. Uh, of course, that is not the case, and counting on that is stupid, and everyone should knock on wood all the time whenever they think about that shit. So I apologize to the world. I apologize to Victor Oladipo. Um, what does this mean for the East? The Pacers right now at 32 and 15 are third in the East. They got a couple games up on the loss column on Philadelphia and Boston. I think this probably rules them out from catching Toronto and Milwaukee, even though they're only a couple games back there. Where do you think the Pacers finish? Uh, are you still scared of them as a playoff team? Like, what does the Old Depot injury mean to you? Um, so looking at the standings, they've only got the game or the single game up on the Sixers. Mm-hmm. So I would be very surprised if the Sixers couldn't catch them. Um, the Celtics have won five straight now. Um, Kyrie is on another planet. Um, and then, so I, 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 I'd probably pick them to finish fifth right now. Um, the Sixers and Celtics, they'll probably jockey for... Uh, third and fourth if not you know depending on how the Raptors situation goes maybe uh, that might end up being a bit of a competition maybe all maybe all four of those uh, teams battle it out for the top four Uh, but I would expect the Pacers to drop I'm just looking at their schedule now they've got the Warriors coming up then a four game uh, road trip and then um, I guess will will be a pivotal six game homestand after that so um, it's going to be tough. Uh, they've still got to do their West Coast road trip, uh, which includes Denver, Portland, the Clippers, and the Warriors. So um, it's not going to be a fun stretch for them, I don't think. Um, in terms of the Raptors' uh, implications, in terms of the potential playoff series, uh, obviously, Hova Depot uh, changes things drastically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the Raptors would be heavy favorites for that. Uh, with Kawhi being healthy, you would expect, um, I think the expectation would be nothing more than, say, a five-game series. Yeah, I, at this point, I would be pretty stunned if that is a playoff series that even works in a bracket. Because um, okay. I just, I don't imagine they'll get out of the first round right now. If right. they fall down yeah. to four or five, like, that's going to be pretty tough for them to overcome either Philly or Boston. Uh, yeah. The silver lining to the shittiness that is the injury is that it's kind of opened up the potential if Boston keeps playing well for a 3-6 Celtics net series in which I will laugh wholeheartedly and forever if the Nets can pull that off because that would be (laughs) the most beautiful shit in the history of uh, pre-written sports outcomes. It would be fantastic. Um, I don't think the Pacers will fall to six. They're seven games up on the Nets right now, eight in the loss column, so I don't think they're going to fall that far. Like I said, the Pacers, they kind of have a built-in floor because... They're such like a just like a rugged and annoying defensive team, and they're annoying to just play yeah. on a regular random random regular season night, right? Like you walk in there, you can go in there and rest on your laurels and say, "Hey, they don't have Victor Oladipo," but they also have like ten dudes who are all competent NBA players, and yeah. I that's just it's tough to go against. They're also the number two defense in the league right now, 
at 104.1. As good as Oladipo is, I don't think that's going to derail them all that much from that perch. Like, they should be able to stick in the top five, I would think, considering how they play. You assume Aaron Holiday, who's just like a maniac, is going to slide in and play a, lot, a, a few more minutes here and there uh, in that Victor Oladipo spot. I would guess Tyreek Evans becomes the starting two guard next to Collison, unless they just go Corey Joseph and Collison in the backcourt together. That could be interesting and maybe hurts them defensively a little bit, but they seem so well coached. Nate McMillan is just like perennially one of the most underrated coaches in the league and should probably earn a lot more respect than he does. And maybe there are some reasons why he doesn't because the NBA has some weird uh, coach stuff. But uh, the yeah, like the, they're just so well coached defensively and just so disciplined and so annoying to play against that I think they'll still... Like, what, how many games do they have left? 35 games left? If they go, like, 20 and 15, I wouldn't be sh- like, I wouldn't be stunned by that, would you? Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be stunned by that, especially, like, now I'm just looking at the expanded standings. They're 22 and 3 against teams under 500. Yeah. So, if they can continue to take care of business in those games, um, I don't see why not, but I think I'd, uh, it, I wouldn't expect... Uh, the Celtics and Sixers to play at that pace, right? I yeah. think they're going to be better down the stretch, so I think they'll find a way to leapfrog the Pacers. Um, so yeah, it, it, odds uh, seem to me in, in favor of the Pacers uh, finishing fifth and some version of uh, three and four between the Sixers and Celtics. Which is kind of a bummer because I was really looking forward to a Sixers-Celtics first-round series in which one one team's fan base was going awesome. to be so horrendously disappointed. And, like, hey, maybe the Pacers can keep up. Like, they've got a couple games. They've banked all these wins. Maybe if they go 20-15, and 15, they, they finish with 52 wins. Like, I don't think it's a you know foregone conclusion that the Sixers and Celtics both get there as well. So, I don't know. I'm holding on to the dream. That'd be great. I don't think it's particularly likely unless... They go and make a deal for, I don't know, Mike Conley or something like that. Then maybe that makes it a little bit more interesting. I wonder how this changed. Because like, people have talked about the Pacers as like the most obvious Mike Conley team. And, you know, it, there, there are ways to make it work financially. And it makes a lot of sense on the court. He's from Indiana. They're not going to do much with extra cap space because it's Indiana. So why not trade for a guy like that now to try to bolster what a, t- a team that they thought had Victor Oladipo on it? Along with you know Miles Turner blossoming and, and you know, Sabonis and all this stuff like that could have been a really potent team. Still not sure they'd be on the level star wise as the rest of the Eastern Conference heavyweights, but like still very much closer and could definitely pull out a series win against one of them, I would think. But like, if you're the Pacers, let's play hypothetical GM. Like with the Oladipo injury, do you go into like Conley negotiations at all? Like to try to get him in there to try to salvage what you have or do you just say, well, this season's kind of lost. We're not going to do anything real. Why sort of cash in our chips now to get Conley when maybe there's something else in the summer? Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd lean towards Conley. I don't know if that's the right solution. Um, obviously, Conley's a great player, but uh, I think I think uh, they might look for something on the bio market. Um, Maybe someone that that's more short term, like Jeremy Lin, becomes interesting. Mm. Uh, so I, I think that would be the play there. Uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, who knows? Maybe if the Wizards uh, completely fall out, uh, there's a there's a auto porter deal maybe waiting to be made. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect them to go after uh, Memphis in a deal. I would, yeah. 
I kind of hope they do. <laughs> like I think that'd be kind of cool. Uh, and also, speaking of like pre-written sports outcomes, Indiana native Mike Conley gets traded after Indiana University star and beloved son goes down with injury and brings Indiana to the playoffs of the promised land and keeps the three seed. That'd be kind of fun. And then you pair the two Indiana boys together in the future. That would not be the worst. Um, honestly, I might do it. I might try to get that done. Like throw Aaron <laughs> Holiday and like whatever else you have to do to match the salaries and like a pick I might be inclined to do that if I'm the Pacers that sounds like a move you have to make if you're the Pacers to try to get another star but that's just me um yeah it's gonna be interesting it sucks but the Pacers I think are more well equipped than a lot of teams to kind of withstand this as much as Oladipo is their best player they have enough guys who are good at basketball and not just like you're not replacing Oladipo's minutes with garbage right you're replacing them with competent NBA minutes from somebody um, and so I think they should be fine, especially in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> it's like, yes, they have some tough games coming up, but also they play a lot of bad Eastern Conference teams, which they should be able to beat too. So, um, yeah, sure. big bummer. Uh, hope you're okay, Victor Oladipo. And like, hopefully this doesn't derail their offseason plans too much because they were kind of a team that, you know, again, they're not going to sign anybody probably, but maybe they could get in on sort of one of those fringy guys who's like a second tier free agent who maybe you know the other teams get who they want they don't strike out and then you know they kind of kind of falls to the pacers who have a lot of money to throw around um i hope they kind of keep this thing together whether it's that young plus oladipo plus turner sabonis and whoever else is a free agent hope they can bring him back because um it's a fun team it's fun to watch it's annoying to play against but fun to watch if you don't have a rooting interest i think uh yeah all right, we're going to wrap things up in just a second, but first I want to remind people to play the Locked On Podcast Network on your smart speakers. It is a great way to never, ever touch a button ever again. If you got a smart speaker over the holidays like I did, I got two of them, you can ask your smart speaker, say, hey, a uh, smart speaker name that I'm not going to say right now because it's going to turn it on. Uh, play podcast Locked On Raptors or Locked On Pacers or Locked On Chiefs, whatever it is, and it'll just start playing it for you. And you never have to touch a button in your life. You have it on while you're doing your chores. It's fantastic. So make sure you're using your smart speakers to play the Locked On Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Vivek, we have uh, five or six hours now before the All-Star starters are announced, I believe. What's your prediction after we get the fan, player, and media votes as to who the All-Stars are going to be on each side? Whoa. Yeah, I didn't prepare for this one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right, so from the East, obviously, uh, you've got Giannis, mm-hmm. um, Kawhi, and Embiid as the front court, I think. Yeah. Um, and then I would have uh, Kyrie and, man, I want to say Old Depot. Uh, Kyrie and Kemba. Yeah, I don't think Dwayne um, Wade's going to hold on, do you? No, I don't, I don't think the coaches will do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the players might. The players might, though. Uh, 
That's a good point. Um, you know what? No, I'm, I'm just going to stick with Kyrie and Kemba. Um, and, but yeah, it, it, I wonder if the players are more likely to choose uh, Wade or Beal. Um, mm. I think that's... The players do love points. <laughs> Regardless of efficiency, they sure love points. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that second guard spot is going to be... Uh, one of you know Wade Beal or Kemba, I feel. Um, maybe Beal's been getting uh, most of the hype lately, so maybe it'll be him. Um, and then on the West, I will go with um, Jokic, uh, LeBron, Ooh. and Kevin Durant. And then in the backcourt, uh, that's that's the no-brainer, right? That's you've got Steph and Harden. Not yeah. much of an argument elsewhere. Dear God, if the players vote for Derrick Rose, I'm going to be real, real pissed. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he's still leading James Harden in votes as of the last count is uh, real, real stupid, and I hate it. Um, yeah, I would say the East, damn, I think Dwayne Wade's going to do it, man. I think he's going to get the player vote. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'll say Kyrie and Dwayne Wade, because it works like a point system, right? So you get a certain number of points for where you finish in the voting. Right. So, like, I feel like Dwayne's going to bank a lot of points for being the number two in uh, votes because he's got, like, a, like a 600,000-vote lead on Kemba right now. And then I feel like there'd just be, like, so much disagreement between media and players as to who the next guy would be. That... Do you think players factor that in that, um, you know, oh, it looks like the fans really want to see D-Wade. Um, we, should, we, we should do what we can to get him in. Or even the media, you think they factor that in? I don't know if it's so much that they see what the fans want as opposed to just like players have certain reverence for certain guys and maybe just aligns with the fan vote by happenstance, you know what I mean? And I think Wade's probably a guy who is very much revered by the players. And maybe if they see that he's number two and see that he has a chance, maybe that sort of feeds into that. But I would just think like maybe um, on its own, like they would probably sort of credit Wade. And like, I don't know, I don't think I'd... I feel like a curmudgeon saying it, or not a curmudgeon, whatever the opposite of a curmudgeon is. Like, I don't mind Dwayne Wade starting the All-Star game in his last season. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. That's kind of cool. I, like, retirement tours or whatever, but, like, Wade isn't, like, flaunting his in the face of everyone like Kobe did yeah, and like I'm Paul okay Pierce wanted to. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like... I think, I think you're the one that got me rooting for Kemba starting the All-Star game in Charlotte, so... That's true. Ooh, I forgot about that part. Yeah, I did uh, bring that up. I, I hope it's Kemba, because, like, give Charlotte something, because, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's not pretty right that pretty, pretty there right now, but uh, I think it might be Wade. He might have banked too much being number two of the fans. Uh, yeah, I think Giannis, Kawhi, Joel Embiid is pretty much the lock of all locks. In the West, I'll say LeBron. I don't think either Doncic or Paul George is going to get in, even though they're two and three in fan voting right now. I think it's going to be... Yeah. And Jokic is seventh in fan voting right now. He's behind Steven Adams, and I think that works against you points-wise. So I think it's probably going to be... I'll go KD and AD because they're fourth and fifth, and we'll probably get enough of the player and fan vote. Jokic might still be... Sorry, player and media vote. I think Jokic might still be a little bit new, and I think players probably value like track record and stuff. 
So I'll say LeBron, and, KD, Anthony Davis, and then yeah, guard Stephen Harden, or else I will uh, be real, real mad. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm just waiting for the wave of anti-Harden takes to come in, and I think they've kind of started a little bit. Just miss me with those. They're stupid. He's amazing. Yeah. He's ridiculous. Like he's like he can barely breathe, and he's still just like putting up like. I, I, I feel like when the, the status tweeted out that he scored 143 buckets over the last couple games or whatever, and none of them have been assisted, or 143 points or 143 baskets, I don't know exactly. But either way, the crazy long streak of him not being assisted, I feel like some people are like viewing that in sort of a negative light. I think that's fucking awesome. It's the coolest stat ever, and I hope it goes on forever to make some sort of Joe DiMaggio-ass streak because... That speaks to a dude who uh, does not need James Nunnally or Austin Rivers. He just needs himself, and I think that's cool as hell. Yeah, so from what I remember seeing last night, um, the last time he was assisted on a field goal was January 11th. In the first <laughs> that is so awesome. God damn and, it. And it's, yeah, it's 97 unassisted field goals that he's made, so... I don't know if that I can't remember if that tweet was um, after the game ended or at some point during the game, but either way, that was nuts. Um, uh, almost as hard to process as what PJ Tucker did on that inbound play. I did not uh, see what happened in this game uh, that people are talking about. Did they lose? Yeah, they won, right? They won, but you will yeah. not understand that play, Sean. I promise you. What if I uh, watch it live and I react on the podcast? That's good podcasting, right? Yeah, and you here. know, I was I was just thinking, um, we were talking about Memphis, well, a team that should make a run for Marcus All is uh, probably Charlotte. Yeah, they, that was mentioned on the low post yesterday. With uh, here we go. Uh, yeah, him and Jackie Jackie Mack talked about that on the low post. Also, oh, okay. listen to that because uh, they talked uh, yeah. about Jamal Murray, a lot of Jamal Murray, a lot of Kitchener references. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to get to that either either at some point today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to watch this thing right now. Here we go. Throwing it into Tucker, and he doesn't know it. He doesn't go for it. That's outstanding. That's so good. I, PJ Tucker forever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. The, the, the Knicks player barely realizes it, too, though. Like, it took him a second, yeah. I think. It was Hardaway, right? Definitely took him a minute to realize what was going on. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, I think we can probably wrap it there. Anything else you yeah. you got to throw out there, or you good? Uh no, just obviously watch out for my usual stuff at Athletic or Raptor Republic or Fly Sports or Sportsnet, and follow me on Twitter at Jacob. Cool, cool. Uh, you can follow me at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. I have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash Raptors. There's a recent podcast with myself and Joey Cash of The Score talking about Andrea Bargnani, which is uh, as depressing as you probably think it would be. So please listen to that, and uh, $5 subscribers get access to that one. Consider subscribing to the page. It's great. The podcast is free. Chip a little bit of extra money, and you'll get a bonus podcast on top of it, and you'll be supporting me, which makes me feel very nice and loved and good. Uh, and you want all that, don't you? You want me to feel like I'm wrapped in a warm blanket of support. So please consider chipping in a couple bucks over at the Patreon page. 
Uh, I'm not sure if there's going to be a podcast tomorrow. I'm going away for the weekend, and I might not be able to talk about the Rockets game until like Sunday night, Monday morning. So I may just call it there for the week. Uh, so apologies for that. But we'll talk all about the Rockets game, I'm sure. Kawhi and OG will return, and that'll be great. So Sunday night, Monday morning, keep an eye out for the next podcast. We will be full, chock-full podcast next week uh, as the Raptors play the Bucks. I think myself and Eric Name are going to team up for a podcast at some point next week. He's the Locked On Bucks host, of course. He's going to be in town, so uh, hopefully we can team up for one of those. There'll be lots to do next week, so stay tuned for all of that. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time on Locked On Raptors. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.